The men's basketball team might have us frustrated at the moment, but there are no complaints about the women's basketball team so far. You are Locked On Hoosiers, your daily podcast on the Indiana Hoosiers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody? It is Wednesday, December 14th. This is Locked on Hoosiers, your one and only daily one-stop shop for everything IU Athletics. I'm your host, as always, Jacob Rude. I want to thank you guys for making us your first listen every single day. I want to thank Omaha Steaks for being today's sponsor. Omaha Steaks is a gift from the heart, a gift that will be remembered with every unforgettable bite. Order with complete confidence today, knowing you're ordering the very best. Visit omahasteaks.com. Use promo code LOCKEDON at checkout to get that extra $30 off your order. We're going to talk all women's basketball today, set the table a little bit, and then talk about Mackenzie Holmes and Grace Berger specifically. This has obviously been a superb, fantastic season for the women's basketball team. So much so, and I believe we've mentioned this before. But Indiana is kind of securely a number one seed in the NCAA tournament right now. Latest update from Charlie Cream came on Tuesday, uh, Tuesday morning to be exact. Indiana, uh, last week following the UNC win, uh, or maybe two weeks ago, time is a construct. Uh, Whenever that game was, whenever they beat UNC, uh, they moved up to the one seed. They remain a one seed there's movement around them, which means they are not the last one seed. I believe they are the third uh, ranked team overall in this bracket. Your ones are South Carolina, obviously, Stanford, obviously, Indiana, and Ohio State, who, uh, fair play to them. We're going to talk a little bit about them. They appear to be the team uh, that is the biggest challenger for Indiana this season, the net maybe necessarily Iowa. We'll see. But shout out Ohio State, who has jumped up to a one seed. When it comes to the Hoosiers, they would be playing one of the playing game winners, which right now is East Tennessee State and Eastern Illinois. Uh, if they won that, they would be playing Florida State or Georgia in the second round. <laughs> Obviously, this is a projection. This bracket kind of low-key looks like a good one for the Hoosiers. Uh, Florida State coming, or after that, excuse me, Oklahoma and Oregon are your four and five seeds who you would potentially play in the Sweet 16, as well as UNLV and Norfolk State. There would obviously be some um, storylines with Sydney Parrish playing her former team. That would be interesting, but... Uh, but those are two teams who Oregon is 17th in net. Uh, Oklahoma, much lower than that, it looks. As I'm glancing at the net rating, they are 57th uh, in net rating. So that's obviously early in the season. That could change. But those that'd be two winnable games. And then you're looking on the other side of the bracket. UConn awaits. I mean, I don't have to tell you about the storylines there, but uh, that would be a fascinating rematch, 
to see where the Hoosiers are in comparison to last year. It's a UConn team that is a little beaten up right now. And so I don't know that they'll remain a three seed. They have been as high as a one seed early in the year. The two seed in this region is Virginia Tech, who is eighth in net rating right now. You also have Nebraska as a seven seed, fellow Big Ten team. Uh, Arizona as a six seed, some storylines there with Indiana's Elite Eight game and the loss in that one. But overall, there certainly would be harder brackets, but I mean... Indiana's a really good team, and they're going to match up with just about anybody. So it's a interesting, it's an interesting proposition. I, I I like this. I like the fact that I can look at these brackets and think, man, Indiana uh, matches up with a lot of teams here. If you look at the conference breakdown, the Big Ten would have seven teams in the conference or in the tournament right now. That would be second most, tied with the SEC. The ACC has eight. We mentioned Nebraska in that group. Ohio State's a one seed. Iowa's a four seed. Maryland's a six seed. I can't imagine the last time they were ranked uh, that low in the NCAA tournament. Purdue is an 11 seed. Uh, There's probably one or two I'm forgetting as I glance. Michigan is a four seed. So all up and down, all levels of the uh, seedings of of the rankings, there are Big Ten teams. Iowa's going to get back in that conversation for a one seed, certainly. We'll see if someone like Michigan joins them, uh, teams like that. But it's it's interesting right now because Indiana, in some regards, is maybe not in the driver's seat, but they're really controlling things right now. If you look at the Big Ten standings, I mentioned that Ohio State right now is your top competitor they are ranked third and fourth in the respective brackets. Where it says a three slash four on Indiana's name, it says a four slash three on Ohio State's name. So they're three and a half ranked each, basically. Both are ten and zero. Both have won their both uh, their um, Big Ten games. They they have some similar wins this season. They both beat Tennessee very early on in the year. They both obviously won their ACC showdown. Uh, the Buckeyes beat Louisville, who's a 18th ranked team. IU obviously beating UNC, who has slid down the rankings just a little bit, but still they were sixth ranked when IU beat them. So this is a two very very good teams who have proven themselves. Iowa, I mean they're undefeated in the Big Ten. They're eight and three on the season. They have really challenged themselves with this schedule. Hasn't necessarily paid off it all that much. I mean, they've lost to UConn. They lost to NC State. They did beat Iowa State, obviously, in that big rivalry game. They beat Wisconsin and Minnesota, two of the bottom feeders in the Big Ten. But it's going to be those three teams, I think, at the top. I still, I really like the Hoosiers chances. I think especially matched up against those two teams against the Buckeyes who are going to press a lot. I like IU. They outside of that random half against Penn state, they really take care of the ball. Well, have a lot of ball handlers and I think could take advantage of that press. And then the problems when they faced Iowa last season is they couldn't keep up even when their defense played well and they slowed Iowa down, they just couldn't keep up 
offensively. They they can keep up with anybody this season. So I, I like how they match up with those two teams better this season. The thing is, this schedule is backloaded like you cannot believe. The Hoosiers are going to have a very easy run-in early on in the conference season. Their next conference game will be December 29th against Michigan State uh, on the road. And then you're looking at Nebraska at Northwestern, Maryland. Um, You're looking at that Maryland game is obviously ranked, but then it's Wisconsin. It's at Illinois, which could be tough. Then you're getting into at Michigan versus Ohio State, January 26th. Circle that date at Minnesota, at Purdue, versus Iowa, at Ohio State, versus Michigan, versus Purdue, at Iowa. Those last five games are absolutely brutal. Versus Iowa, at Ohio State, versus Michigan, versus Purdue, at Iowa. There is hardly a five-game slate that you could have harder for Indiana. Maybe swapping Maryland for Michigan, but that is it. You have three of the best teams in the big 10 and then your biggest rival. Uh, I mean, you could even stretch it out to six, the last six games because that's the road trip to Purdue. They play Purdue twice in two weeks. My, oh my, what a slate that's going to be. But the, I mean, in some regards, it could be a good news because with Grace Berger out right now, maybe she will be back by that point. We're going to talk about her in a little bit. First, we're going to talk about Mackenzie Holmes, but before we talk about her and where she stands on the record books, let's talk about our sponsor of today's episode, Omaha Steaks, because this is insane. Omaha Steaks has cut prices 50% site-wide to make you the gift-giving hero that you always wanted to be. The holidays are here. Achieve gifting greatness when you gift Uh, When you give the gift of a perfectly aged, tender, and delicious Omaha Steaks, who doesn't love a perfect steak? Uh, Everybody remembers where they've had their best steaks at. Be the person to gift that perfect cut of steak with Omaha Steaks. They have everything you need to give a gift that's simply perfect. And an assortment of mouth-watering favorites like the delicious Butcher's Cut Filet Mignon air-chilled boneless chicken, ultra-juicy burgers, and even easy-to-prepare comfort meals that are ready in a flash. Omaha Steaks have put together a delicious selection of various gift packages to make shopping for the ones you love nice and easy. Go to omahasteaks.com, take advantage of 50% off site-wide, plus use code LOCKEDON at checkout to get an additional $40 off. That is an insane deal. Do not pass it up. Minimum order may be required. Big thanks to you guys for making Locked On Hoosiers your first listen every single day. For your second listen today, check out Locked On Sports Today. From the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports, go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports Today, available on this app, YouTube, wherever you get podcasts. During one of IU's recent games for the women's basketball team, obviously, They mentioned um, Mackenzie Holmes and how she's kind of flying up the record books. I believe it was in regards to block shots, which we're going to talk about. She came into the season ranked third already, and, uh, I mean, she's performed well this season. So let's take a look at where she ranks and where she's on pace to rank because 
she has said she's going to play at IU as long as they will let her, which would mean she would have one more season after this season. And if that is the case, she is going to be first everywhere on the record books. Start with points, because that's obviously the uh, most fun. She is at 1,411 points, just shy of 200 outside of the top 10. A top 10 that includes Allie Patberg had 1,752. Amanda Cahill, who I'm sure a lot of you remember early on in Terry Morton's tenure. Tyra Buss, obviously everybody knows. She's the only one north of 2,000, and she is far and away the leader in points. Based on Mackenzie Holmes' scoring average, this season, which is 20.6 points per game. That's a lofty average. If you take that and say she's going to play 30 games this season, which is a conservative amount of games, it's hard to obviously pinpoint how many games you're going to play between Big Ten play, between NCAA tournament play, Big Ten tournament play, I should say, NCAA tournament play. I went very conservative and said, say she plays 30 games this season. She's going to finish with 1,823 points, which would be technically seventh, but she would be about 400 points from first, which is an entirely doable amount. She scored at least 340 points every season. She scored 480 her sophomore season. That total would be well north of... Uh, 20.6 over 30 games. I mean, it doesn't take a math whiz to tell you that would be well north of 400 points. So it would be a figure that she could conceivably become IU's leading scorer. She would pass. All, there are two through seven are separated by 90 points in this, uh, in IU's all-time leaderboards for women's basketball. So you're going to pass a bunch of people quick. And then you have a long journey to try to catch Tyra Buss, but McKenzie could do it. I mean, obviously if you start adding more games this season, maybe she starts scoring a little bit more, which is hard to really anticipate. 20.6 is an incredible scoring average. It would be more games. IU goes on a deep run. Maybe they play, you know, 35, 36 games, 36 games at 20.6. You're at it at 740 points this season. You're looking at 1,900 points right there. Um, you're looking at her getting as high as second all time by the end of this season. And then you're really cooking with gas. But McKenzie is going to be top 10 in scoring soon. Uh, she's 200 points away, about middle of Big Ten season, she's going to enter that top 10. And then from there, it's about how high she's going to go because she could conceivably get first. I mean, it's going to be well within reach. And to that point, field goals, she obviously is scoring a lot of them at a high rate this season. Field goal percentage this year is an absurd 69.3%. If she continues at the rate she's at, she's going to make, she's going to be at 766 career field goals, which would be third all time. That's a very kind of, uh, I don't know how it doesn't mean a ton. I mean, uh, the person first in field goals is seventh in scoring, but it's just one of those things. She's going to have her fingerprints 
all over these record books. Field goal percentage, she is blowing out of the water. Though I use all-time record as 58.6. McKenzie's at 62.3. She's not in the record book because her career isn't over, but she's blowing that out of the water. Uh, She could go through the worst shooting slump of her career and still be well above that. Obviously not going to be in field goals made, free throws made. She gets in the line a lot, but, I mean, Tyra Buss lived at the free throw line, so she's not going to catch that. Rebounds is where she's going to potentially have a, a chance. Again, ironically, if you play 30 games, which is what I'm basing all this math on, she's going to get to 766 by the end of the year, which would be just inside the top 10. And then you're looking at, um, it would be tough for her to get to first, but she's still going to be top five, probably, uh, if she play again, all this is assuming she plays another season, which she said last year for whatever it's worth, things can obviously change. The one that kind of spurned all this are the block shots, which she came into the season with 150, which ranked third she's had. So I believe 17 more, correct. 17 more this season. It's going to be a, it's going to be interesting to see her try to get to first, uh, because she's on pace for 200 this year. Uh, not just this season to finish with 200 for her career after this season, which would be second, but she would need 69 blocks to finish, uh, or to take first. She, she cleared that her sophomore year. It would be a matter of just being on the floor more than anything. I mean, right now she's averaging, uh, she has 17 blocks across 10 games. So she's averaging, uh, 1.7 blocks per game. I mean, if you average that out to 30 games, that's 51. So you play 35 games and suddenly you're within shouting distance, but that's going to take a lot for her to finish first in blocks. But again, top two, top three all over the place. She's going to finish uh, already is going to have an argument as the best player to ever play for IU her and Tyra bus and grace Berger. And that's some very elite company. Um, she's also going to ha- be all over these record books. And so is grace Berger. Let's talk about her. I just want to talk about the situation with her injury. There's some, I mean, we don't really know what the case is. I looked up the requirements for a medical red shirt because I wasn't sure. I thought it'd be something I would share with you guys. So we'll talk about all that here in one moment. First, let's talk about bet online. Our other sponsor for today. They are your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. There's a World Cup game today. There's a final on Sunday. I've made a fair amount of money on the World Cup. I've lost a fair amount of money on the World Cup. All my futures bets went down the drain. My live bets and kind of day-by-day bets have been pretty good. I just can't predict anything way out into the future is what I've learned. If you guys want to bet on the World Cup, bet on IU at Kansas this weekend. There's no lineup for that yet, but... Once there is, BetOnline is the place for you to go. They have the fastest and easiest uh, way to get your betting info. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. 
Grace Berger is someone that would be fighting neck and neck with Mackenzie Holmes if injury hadn't derailed her season. Um, we'll talk about a potential medical redshirt. First, let's look at where she ranks statistically because she's still really high up there. Like She's still uh, right there. She is 10 points out of the top 10 in scoring right now. She is at 1,593 points. 1,603 is 10th. Uh, if she, <laughs> It's such a bummer because if she'd be playing, she would have just as much of a case to, to finish first as anyone else. Uh, again, it's frustrating, but hopefully she can get back on the court soon. We don't really have any kind of clarity on her injury and when she's going to be back, but uh, again, hopefully very soon. She's also assists. Uh, I mean, she's always flirting with a triple-double. The rebounds aren't quite gaudy enough for her to finish that high. I mean, she has 668. 749 would be top 10, so she's going to finish probably inside the top 10 if Again, if she gets back on the court, knock on wood. Um, but to be top 10 in points, top 10 in rebounds, and then assists, like I said, she has a 464 right now, which I'm not sure why she isn't in the record books if um, McKenzie was for blocks. I don't know if it's just something they were waiting on, but she is going to probably finish first in assists. She's 110 behind Tyra Bust for first. She's cleared 110 each of the last two seasons. She had 104 her sophomore season. So if she gets on the floor this year, it would it's going to be tight. We'll see. Uh, but she's already like well, well within the top 10. 464 puts her fourth all time right behind Allie Patberg. Uh, and Tyra Buss first in that ranking. The other one is Steels. She has 151, which is 25 outside of the top 10. So if she could play a little bit more, she could finish top 10 in points, rebounds, assists, and steals, which is a wild, wild feat. Um, just glancing, on, it looks like Amanda Cahill accomplish that i'm sure there's some others i'm not going to try to figure this out on the fly but amanda amanda cahill one of the um big ones tyra is first in steals first in assists first in points she is not in the rebound so i mean you're an elite elite company when you start talking about this and grace Berger is elite company now i want to briefly mention medical restaurants this is not me having any sort of information. This was simply me wondering if Grace is out for the season, what does that mean? Um, she could theoretically medically redshirt. Here are the criteria you have to meet to be able to medically redshirt. An injury must be season ending, which it would be in this scenario uh, if she is sitting out the rest of the season. The injury must occur before the halfway point of the season. It was well before that. It was uh, like six. I think she's only played six games. 
Uh, it was well before that. Yeah, six. it was in the sixth game she got hurt. And she could not have participated in more than 30% of the season's games, which by the end of the season, if you're playing uh, 30 games, then you're nowhere near that 30% mark. Uh, you would IU needs to play like something like 18 games, right? 19 games, 20 games, it looks like. If IU plays 20 games and she doesn't play again, then that's 30 per, uh, fewer than 30%. So it would be on the table as an option. I, I feel like that would only be an option if she had surgery. If she had surgery, I'd imagine she'd have a brace. She hasn't had any kind of brace. So I don't know that it's season ending. It would... I don't know if Indiana would tell us otherwise, though. It's kind of a frustrating scenario where you're just playing this guessing game where I have to come on the podcast and look up uh, medical red shirts and whether that's something that might happen to IU this season. I understand that athletes want to have their privacy and whatnot, but um, it feels like there's a middle ground there between all the cryptic kind of comments Terry Morin had where she said, where she said she's out indefinitely but taking it day to day or day by day and she had to clarify that and it feels like there would just be a lot more a lot fewer questions a lot more um like i said clarity if you just came out and say hey she sprained her whatever hey she has a slight tear in whatever again this is just me purely speculating but then you know you can kind of move on she can go rehab and you're not asking Terry Morn about it all the time. It also, I mean, the idea, I guess, is that it gives opposing teams an advantage because they know they don't have to prepare for Grace Berger. I, I, I don't get it. Fair enough. Whatever. It's something that's probably not going to change. But that's what we know. If she doesn't play again this season, she could medically redshirt and potentially come back next season. I don't know what her thought process is. I, if I had to guess right now, it's not an injury that's going to keep her out the rest of the season. That's pure speculation, though. That is me, that is no informed aspect of that. That is me purely speculating. Thanks again, guys, for making Locked on Hoosiers your first listen every day. We'll be back with you tomorrow to look at some IU football news, some transfer news, some guys IU might be targeting, things of that nature. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast, the biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day. Available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get podcasts. Follow us on Twitter if you have not already at LO underscore Hoosiers. Subscribe to the podcast. Leave a rating and review. Make sure you're subscribed on YouTube. We did a live show Monday night after the Soccer National Championship game. I want to make those a more regular thing. We might even do it on Saturday after the IU-Kansas game. Be sure you're subscribed on YouTube so you don't miss those. Be sure you follow us on Twitter so you see us tweet out the link as well. As always, guys, I hope you can make it through hump day. I hope Wednesday is a great day for you. And most importantly, Elio.